Hey there, welcome to the She Connects podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel, and I have the honor of being your host each and every week. She Connects is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, and allows me to connect with women in the online space. I wholeheartedly believe that we as women enjoy connecting with one another to share hearts, disappointments, dreams, any challenges that we're facing, and really to just do life together. The heartbeat behind this podcast is to help empower and equip you to step into all that God has for you to do in this world. I'll be sharing whatever God has placed on my heart for the week, and from time to time, I invite guests on the show that I personally have gleaned and been inspired from people that I admire and I just maybe want to learn a little bit more from and that I believe you will appreciate listening to. So welcome. I cannot wait to connect with you today. Welcome back to the She Connects podcast. We're so excited that you're here. My name is Susan and I'm honored to be your host again this week. Thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out. It means so much that you're here. Uh, you are going to love the guest that I have with us this week. She's just a delight, just a joy. Um, she's a beautiful soul. You'll love her heart. You'll love uh, her story that she's willing to share with us this week. And if you're new here, or maybe you haven't been able to listen to recent uh, episodes, I'm currently in a series that that I have titled Kingdom Women, and where we're going to be talking about what is a kingdom woman, and really it's a kingdom mindset really um, you know just in how we how we respond to life how we respond in prayer how we worship um, how we just show up in our lives with a kingdom mindset and just knowing the thoughts that that the Lord thinks about us about our lives and about our future and and so under this kingdom woman uh, series I wanted to, talk about Kingdom Women Get Back Up. How many of you know that in life, you know, life happens and sometimes we feel like we we get knocked down, but in Proverbs 24, 16, it says, a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. And I like to say that, of course, men and women, but because we're talking about women here, I always like to say, you know what, ladies, we may fall in this life, that's part of living, but getting back up, that is that really is living. That's what kingdom women do. We may fall down, but you know what? We're going to be women who get back up eight times, get back up nine times and 10 times because Jesus is for us and he's always going to be the one that lifts us back up. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. So your story is not over and you are you can get right back up again. You don't have to stay stuck. You don't have to stay down. And so that's really the heartbeat behind Kingdom Women Get Back Up. Uh, And with me today, allow me to introduce to you my friend, Elle Retzel. You're going to love her. Um, Again, she just has an amazing story, and I know that you will be inspired and spurred on in your faith. Welcome to the show, Elle. Tell us a little bit about you, where you're hailing from, and just a little bit about your family. 
Okay, well, thank you, Susan. And Susan, first, I want to say thank you. It's a privilege to be able to, to share my story and all that Jesus has done in my life. So, so thank you for this opportunity. And I live in Minneapolis in a suburb just south of the city. And I am a mother of three and a grandmother of one. And um, people say that it's the best and it is the best. <laughs> Being a grandmother of a beautiful little um, baby, she's eight months old today. And I am a mentor and coach. My passion is to help women be set free because once the Lord set me free, I wanted everyone else to be set free. So that is um, what I spend my time doing. And I've authored some books to um, help women be set free and just share the story of Jesus. So um, that's my passion. And so, yeah, just it's very thankful to be here. Uh, I love what you said that once Jesus set you free, you you just wanted everyone to know about the freedom that Christ gives. And that is something that I am also passionate about. And I really believe that what he does in us, it's not just for us, right? Mm -hmm. He should be like a free flowing vessel and what he gives to us, we just want to give away. Yes. And, you know, once we've been set free from something, I mean, we just want to shout it from the rooftop, <laughs> like, look at what Jesus has done for me. And so thank you so much for being on the show and sharing what he has done for you. And I just have to say a little side note, being a grandma is just the best. And I don't know about you, but, you know, I remember before I became a grandma, um, people would say, oh, Susan, wait until you become a grandma. You're just going to love it. And of course, I didn't have anything to compare it to. You know? Right, right. I just kind of nodded my head and, oh, yeah, I'm, it's going to be great. But then <laughs> become a grandma and I get it now. Yes. Just yes. get it. <laughs> Life changes. It's the best. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, golly. Okay, well, we have already talked about, you know, in 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 life, oftentimes there's difficult times that we that we all encounter. No one is immune to that. We all have a story. Um, the details might might differ from from maybe what you're going to share today, or maybe from my story. But nonetheless, we all have a story. You know, there there's maybe been some some kind of uh, disappointment or hurt, or there's been a point of pain in our lives. And you have such a story. Tell us a little bit about your story of overcoming. Okay, well, um, starting just back from where everything happened in, in 1981, I had moved from the Midwest out to Seattle. And I had a really great job in the financial world. And I was dating a man. And um, we had fallen into a sexual relationship. And so I found myself pregnant after a couple months. And I was raised in a Christian home. And so I knew that what I had been doing just in the relationship was wrong. But now I, to me, I had been found out. I needed to take care of this situation. I needed to take care of this circumstance. And, um, you know, when you're caught in that place and I was already listening more to the voice of the enemy in my life than I would have ever been listening to the Lord because of the choices I was currently making. It was very easy for me to think I just needed to get rid of this situation. And so without knowing anything about what the procedure would be, I chose to have an abortion. And so I called up my OBGYN. I made the appointment. My boyfriend gladly took me. And um, it was actually in a doctor's office. It wasn't at that time in Seattle. It was not in a, an abortion clinic. It was in my actual OBGYN's office. And 
so I, she, you know, she called me back and she, um, it was just her and I, I had nobody there with me. She did not confirm my pregnancy. She didn't tell me what the situation, what I would be walking through, except that I would be having a very painful um, procedure done. And so I, um, she began the procedure and the moment that my baby was sucked out of my womb. And I, and I say that strongly because that's exactly what happens. I don't like to sugarcoat the decision that I made. I, 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 I made that decision. But the moment that my baby was gone, the doctor looked at me and said, yes, you definitely had a baby. And it was at that moment that it was like a veil was torn off of my, my eyes and my heart. And I, and I truly saw what I had done. And there was nothing I could do to change it. So I knew that at that moment, I had always wanted to be a mother and I had just killed my baby, but I couldn't have her put my baby back in. I couldn't put anything back together again. And so my body was in incredible pain, but my soul was, oh my gosh, the pain in my soul was, was horrible. And I began to cry out and she told me I needed to be quiet. And like I said, there was nobody there to even comfort me or be there with me. So um, I, I was just interacting with her and, and I couldn't. And she quickly finished the procedure so that I would leave her office because I was not handling it the way she thought I should, I guess. But um, my, my boyfriend took me back home and he left me at my apartment because all I wanted to do was just crawl up in a fetal position and cry. Because when you, when you realize something that you have done, that is the most horrible thing that you could think that you could do. You, you try to forget it, but you can't. And so you, you know, you, your soul just cries out within you and that's what it was. But nobody knew except my boyfriend, what I had done. And so I had, I, I had to make everything right. I had to go to work tomorrow so that nobody would look at me. No one would wonder what I had been up to. And so I had to shove it all down. So during the day, I would live a life that was a mask and go home at night and cry in that fetal position. And um, it led me to drinking. It led me to drinking so much that I would black out on the way home. I don't even know how I got home except by the grace of God, because again, I'm trying to handle the depth of pain that there is nothing in this world that can, that can heal that pain. And um, that went on for a long time and until I could just stuff it down, just keep on stuffing it down. And I, and I learned how to do that very, very well. Wow. There are so many things in that story that I, I almost feel like we could have a series just from this conversation here. But one thing that really stands out to me is, you know, I think that we, and I'm just wondering what you think about this, but I, I think that in my own opinion, and I've seen in my own life that we become professional mask wearers mm -hmm. and we learn to go through life because life doesn't stop. You know, the world doesn't stop. Life doesn't stop and let us off, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, you know, kind of join back on the, on the, you know, the, the road of life, you know, while until we can, you know, be healed and, and overcome it, life continues to carry on. You were still going to work. You were still having to, 
engage in your life. And so, uh, you know, it made me think of, of just how many people we encounter every day in our day-to-day lives that are hurting and broken on the inside. And even more so, it, it makes me want to be just very gentle with people and um, just with that awareness piece of, you know what, sometimes people are really going through and um, trying to walk through something very private. And it just really matters how we respond to people, how we treat people. What would you say about that? Um, I, I would so, um, I just so agree with you, Susan, and, and thank you for just even pointing that out, because I remember someone at the office saying to me, I think you had an abortion, very accus- ac- accusational to me. I have no idea how they thought that, why they thought that, and, and it was such a judgment against me that all I could do was just, again, shove it down even deeper and try to hide it even more, because, you know, I was acting out in ways that were not, not good things to be, you know, drinking and um, hiding, probably angry. And so, you know, when we recognize the reason why somebody's probably doing that is they just need to be loved and they need to not be judged. I mean, if that woman would have said to me, you know, I think this may have happened to you, or you may have made this choice. How can I, how can I help you? I probably would have just crumbled in tears and been able to be healed rather than taking over 20 years of shoving it down to be healed. So, you know, it, we just need, we need to extend love and grace. And even though we do may somebody may be doing something that is wrong and their actions are wrong, we need to extend them grace so that they can be healed and, and come out of the darkness because accusations and judgments keep us, kept me in the darkness. I mean, there was no way I would have ever told anybody because I would have been so judged. So um, yeah, that's, that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing to bring up. Thank you. And so would you say then that you carried a lot of shame and regret? Yeah. Oh, I did. And you know, the, the shame is a spirit that speaks to you and tells you how bad you are. And that is exactly how I lived for years. Even after I gave myself back to my life, back to the Lord, 11 years later, I was still believing that I was so much less than everybody else and regret my heart hurt because there was nothing I could do to take back what I had done. And how do I speak to a a loving, wonderful God about what I had done? You know, I mean, there's just, there's, my life was, was um, entwined with shame and regret. Um, I may have told you not because I actually, after I gave my life back to the Lord, I became, um, I worked in a church. I led a college ministry. I led Bible studies. I led small groups. I was on the outside, a woman who knew the Lord and prayer warrior, but inside, mm, that was a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. And I think that shame, you know, kind of going along with what you had said, it lies to you. Mm-hmm. Shame, shame whispers to you and, um, and, and wants to convince you, lies to us and tells us that, if you come forward and um, even though maybe you had, um, you know, a really great friend in your life or any, you know, and you just really feel like I really, I, I feel like I can trust her, but I don't know if I really can, you know, and because shame 
wants to keep things hidden, wants to keep things in the dark. And, and that's where, you know, that just continues to thrive. And so uh, how did shame lie to you? Well, it's exactly as you're saying, there's no way, you know, if you tell you're so much worse than they are, especially a Christian woman, you're with your all my friends are Christians. Now, if you tell them, they will turn from you in total disgust, you will never have with these relationships, they will call you an imposter. Shame. Also, I believe that spirit of shame waited until the right moment to remind me about what I had done. So when other situations come up in our life, Shame takes that opportunity to remind us of what we had done. And that's what happened for me. I had mis- I had remarried. I had several children and after the abortion, and then I had a miscarriage. And it was when I was questioning, I was doing really well until I began to wonder why other people had their babies and I lost mine. And I kept on asking the Lord, but shame and 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 the enemy was so quick to answer and tell me that it was because I'd killed my baby. So as I continued to agree with this spirit that of, of darkness and that I was so much less and I deserve, I mean, really, it also helps intertwine with that judgment that you deserve every bad thing that's ever happened to you. That when it spoke that to me, I agreed with it and didn't even think, I mean, I didn't really think it was the Lord speaking it to me. I don't know who I thought was speaking this to me, but the, the, um, I had buried this so deep within me that it came hurling up when I heard that voice, I mean, spiraling to the surface that it actually threw me onto, I, I fell onto the ground in a fetal position because it was that all that pain that I had stuffed down now shame and the enemy used to try to destroy me one more time and keep me into that deep, dark pit of darkness. So you, you have said a couple of times in talking about shame here that if I can just use your words that you agreed with what it was telling you. And so I'm thinking about maybe someone listening today that, you know, is just really trying to understand what we're talking about. Maybe they're new to their faith. Explain what you mean by that. Um, what I what I was agreeing to was um, an identity that shame wanted to tell me I was. And so um, as, a, as a daughter of the king, the word told me that I was his and I was his beloved and I was redeemed and I was restored, but I couldn't I, I, I couldn't grab that hold of that because of what I had done. So shame wanted to keep me held in that bondage of believing that I was, um, I was so much less than, and that I had to keep this in the dark because nobody would ever be able to help me with that. So shame like, likes to just enfold us in that, in that false identity and, and, and in the darkness and that nobody will ever um, be able to, to, you'll never be able to share it, you know, not even with the Lord. I mean, this is something that you even keep from the Lord. I didn't, I talked to the Lord about everything, but I never talked to him about my abortion. I called it that event that happened in 1981. So that was, again, that just shows that shame had such a hold on me that I couldn't bring any light to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so really what we're saying here is shame attacks our identity in Christ, mm-hmm. truth of who we are. Mm-hmm. In Christ. And there's, there's a reason behind that, right? 
Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. The keeping us bound because when we truly know who we are in Christ, we are unstoppable and the enemy will be, will be destroying him rather than him destroying us. Cause that's what he wants to do. He wants to kill still and destroy and yeah. shame. the spirit of shame is, is knows exactly how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And shame wants to keep us, like we've said in the dark and oppressed and withdrawn and, uh, we were never created to live in the shadows. Um, we are image bearers and we are light bearers and um, we're just not created to live that way. And so I just hope that you are already, um, ladies that you are listening are already gaining some insight here and, and some freedom. I, I just really believe that. We know that healing and freedom from any type of pain in our lives is a process. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just happen overnight. You know, we don't just wake up one day and (laughs) there we are. So um, not that God can't do that because that he's God and he can do anything, you know, but oftentimes it's, it's a process of, of walking through, especially with deep seated things just buried, you know, um, as we continue to just stuff and stuff and stuff. So what did that process look like for you? Mm. Well, it was one that, like I said, took a long time. And so we are talking, the abortion happened in 1981 and the miscarriage was in 1998. And it wasn't until about 2001, that I received healing. So 20 years of stuffing it down. But in my time with the Lord, I spent a lot of time with the Lord. I would, like I said, just talk about that, the situation and um, the circumstance in 1981. And I never said the word abortion because I couldn't have it come off my lips. I mean, it, it, it I, I couldn't say it because I couldn't imagine that I would have done something so horrible. But one day the Lord I, I, in my quiet time, I heard this voice or just, you know, it's, it's a sense. It's not like I heard a voice. It's just a sense in in my heart that him whispering to me that we're, this is the day that we're going, you're going to receive healing from your abortion. And I thought, wow, we've never talked about that word before, but you're saying this word. And I didn't feel condemned in it. It was just like conversation. So, you know, if the enemy we know when the enemy is speaking to us because we feel very condemned and judged and less than, and, um, but it was just a matter of fact, we're going to do this. And so I thought, okay, Lord, if you're going to do this with me, I'm going to go down into my basement in the unfinished portion in the dark. And we'll, we'll walk through this because he wanted me to walk through that day and to see for me to see that he loved me. Now I had never walked through that day because I shoved it down. I, I couldn't think about it because it would destroy me. But, you know, you, when you go back there with Jesus, then you can know how much he loves you. And that's exactly what I did. And the moment that as I walked through the day and, you know, my eyes closed, so I'm, I'm, I see things like, you know, I, um, I see things in my interaction with the Lord. And so as I was walking through that day and that, and the doctor then said in that moment that your baby is gone, reliving that was horrible. Um, but in my experience, I looked into the Lord's eyes mm-hmm. and he loved me. 
he just loved me and he didn't turn from me. So even that place where the enemy told me that no one will ever, you can't tell anyone about this because he, you know, it's so horrible. They'll turn from you. Jesus didn't turn from me. He looked at me with eyes of love and I knew that I was forgiven. I had asked for forgiveness for years. I mean, that's not, you know, I knew how to ask for forgiveness, but I had never received his forgiveness in that place and knowing that he loved me. And that was just the, the first layer of me healing. And um, there was a couple years later, a friend prayed over me and, re- and shame was broken off of me, the spirit of shame. I knew nothing about shame, but the Lord showed her that I had shame in my life. And so she broke off shame. And at that point, still at this, in all of this, even in that beautiful experience I had, I never told a soul. So I was still, so shame did have a hold of me, even though I had received that forgiveness, shame still had a hold of me because I never told a soul. I didn't even tell them about this beautiful experience I had with Jesus because then they would have to know what I had done. So it was several years later, um, probably about four and the spirit of shame was broken off my life. And this woman told me that I needed to I needed to tell my husband so that shame was really, really was destroyed off of my life and had no hold. And so I thought, wow, well, there's no way I'm going to do that. But I did. The Lord gave me a beautiful in a couple within a couple of weeks, a moment that I could tell my husband. And I just every time that I had the Lord told me that I had to tell a family member as years went on, I had to tell my children because I, I do share my testimony. And I just want your listeners to know I just just because I'm right here in this moment that the enemy will tell you that you can't tell anyone because they're going to they're going to hate you every person that I have ever told even my husband my children who who don't agree with abortion they have looked at me and told me that they are so sorry that I walked through that and that they love me so much and so I just, I think it's so powerful for us to know that that's just a lie because that's a way to keep it hidden. But tip, you know, that that's not, that's not truth. And that's not how the Lord loves us in that. And then mm-hmm. a couple of years later, I received an experience of his love that healed my heart, that my heart doesn't hurt anymore. And I think that's the last layer of healing that sometimes is, is missed because, you know, we feel, we don't feel the shame anymore, but we, but we think that we have to carry that hurting heart and in Isaiah 61, it says that he came to heal the brokenhearted. And I shared that with someone one day. And then I, then I realized, Lord, my heart hurts when I think about the abortion. You know, I've shared my testimony. I'm not bound by it anymore, but um, my heart hurts. And I had no clue. Like, how do you receive that? Like, I didn't even know anyone who could tell me, well, you can receive, you know, your heart healed. I didn't know. So I just, I really went after it with the Lord. So in my time with him, I, I read those scriptures. I believed him for it. I thanked him for it, knowing that he would know how to give that to me, even though I didn't know how to, you know, how to, but I was, I wanted to receive that from him. And one day I did. And that was the day that I truly, I can say that I was set free in a way that I've never been set free before. I didn't know I was bound anymore because all those other things that happened, but I was like, I mean, I can still feel it when I even, every time I talk about it, I was like a bird that was let out of a cage that the experience of his love in that moment, that Sunday morning, I knew that I doesn't matter what I had ever done, what I was doing or what I would ever do. I was so loved and forgiven by him 
that um, it's, it's the most monumental thing that I've ever experienced um, with the Lord. It's changed my life forever. Oh, oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Of that. When you said that when the Lord was walking you through that day yeah. and you had mentioned that he, you saw him turning to look at you, that had to have been just that. I mean, there's so many other powerful things that he, he did in walking you through that day, but seeing him look at you had to have been so powerful. I think that sometimes when we have, I know, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I know like even my own story, there have been things where, you know, it's almost like, I just don't want to look at the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. um, back in the day, you know, yeah. I've grown in my faith now, but, and, and understand things differently, but knowing that, that he, that he would look at me would just speak to this heart of mine that Susan, I'm not ashamed of you. Yes. I'm ashamed to be with you. I'm not ashamed to call you my own. I'm not ashamed to bring you near. Susan, I don't keep you at arm's length. L, I don't keep you at arm's length. Listener today, God doesn't keep you at arm's length, but he's brought you near and he's not ashamed to call you his own. He's not ashamed to be with you. Um, He's not ashamed to call you your name. And, And I'm thinking of, uh, when you said that, the the verse uh, Psalm 3-3 um, immediately came to my mind, and that is, for you, O Lord, are the glory and the lifter of my head. Mm-hmm. When we are when we are just feeling so weighed down with shame, our countenance, and I just mm-hmm. always picture like our head hanging, you know, and he comes and I, I just always picture him you know, it's like he takes, he takes his hand as just only a loving father could. And he takes our, you know, just by the chin and lifts us up. And, and it's almost like he's saying, look at me, look at my eyes. I love you. Love you. You are mine. You belong to me. And I'm not ashamed of you. Oh, Mm. so so good. So Mm. good. I love that you said that. Love that you said that. Do you ever have moments where the enemy tries to accuse you and place the weight of shame on you again? Um, I believe he, he has in the past. I, I'm, I really truly believe that I've been set free from that in a way because I um, have, I've always desired to understand righteousness and I have, you know, I have such an understanding and an experience of, you know, being his righteousness that he became my sin that, you know, um, that that has changed everything for me because even in the midst of me doing everything wrong, whatever it might be, I've made, I mean, I've made mistakes. I continue to make mistakes. I continue to mess up, but knowing that I'm right with him, I shame doesn't have an opportunity to come at me because shame says that not only did I do something wrong, but I'm bad. And I'm not bad. I'm the righteousness of Christ. And it's, so there's, there's just such power in that. And, and, you know, in Hebrews five is, I think is, is a powerful statement about righteousness because it says that it's the milk, you know, understanding the depth of the righteousness that we are in Christ, his righteousness, that's just basic understanding. And so 
when we begin to live from that, we can even grow even in a greater way in our faith, because that's just, that's foundational for us to understand that. And so if anyone is, you know, once you feel like you've been set free from shame and you continue to struggle with that when you've done something wrong, I mean, you know, I could be in an argument with my husband and feel, oh, I was wrong again. I mean, you know, just something that's simple, shame can can come on, come on us. And so then we just begin to feel bad. I'm bad. I was wrong. I did something wrong, but we're the righteousness of Christ. So we, when we stand in that and, you know, sometimes that's what I have to say. I just have to say it out loud. I may not feel it. I mean, I'm not saying that like, I, I don't ever feel bad. No, I'm saying that when it tries to, it's like, no, I'm the righteousness of Christ. And so I'm not wrong. I'm not bad. I'm right with him and it's all okay. And so I just have to speak it so then I can, my soul and my emotions can start catching up to it. Yeah, that's so good. So good. Thinking of 2 Corinthians 10, 5, lay hold of those thoughts. Mm. Do you say that there's an intentionality there? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, you know, you have to, one, I think you have to be armed with the truth. And so Amen. when you know that it comes at you, then, then you already have your plan of action. So that's, that's where I'll stand if, when that comes at me. And so, cause once you've been set free from it, you, you recognize it. Oh man, do I recognize yeah. what shame is? And I don't want it anymore. I just, I don't want it. And Jesus took shame on the cross and gave me his glory. Man. And so I don't have to take that anymore. And so we have to be armed, you know, and ready with a tool that we use um, to, to keep ourselves free. Ah, yes. Amen. Amen, sister. (laughs) I believe that that the Lord takes what we think might destroy us and he just brings something beautiful and powerful out of out of that, which we, you know, can clearly see in in you sharing your story. What are some ways that you've seen God do that in your life as it relates to your story? Even if you can just expound even on a little bit of what you've already shared. Well, you know, it's, it's the experience of him. There's nothing better than the experience. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm just getting, I mean, me just thinking of how he loved me so much to give me that experience of his love, that that's just the best. And so to me, it's helped me walk through a lot of situations that, that I've had to walk through. I walked through my husband's illness and death and you know, just even walking through cancer, there's so many things and death, you know, death of a spouse, so many things can come at you, but, but because he healed me and because he revealed himself to me in, in such a great, great way that then I was able to walk so intimately with him so that, mm-hmm. you know, experiencing him even in greater ways. So, you know, I, I am just so incredibly thankful that he healed my heart so that I could be in that, that, you know, position with him and, and that relationship, that intimate relationship with him, because I would never have been able to, because I would have always had that between us. Right. I mean, you know, when you've got little secrets from the Lord, you can't really be in that intimate place. And so that to me is, you know, how, what's changed for me and peace has come into my heart. I, I, I operate in peace and there's nothing better than, than peace. This world doesn't offer peace, but, but he does. And, um, and then I, you know, just the ministry and being able to help women be set free. I mean, to me, that's, that, that's so good because I don't want, I don't want to keep this for myself. I want everyone else to know that 
what he says in his word is true and we can you know receive that no matter what we've done there's nothing his grace super abounds towards us and there's nothing that we could ever do that is greater no sin is ever greater than what he already did at the cross amen amen he did a complete work left mm, he did done. you know his last words it is finished he finished mm-hmm. it and it doesn't need to be redone. There's no expiration date. Um, there's no updated version coming. Uh, he he, did it. he finished it, did a complete work. And uh, I just want to circle back and emphasize again, in case um, anyone missed it, uh, you talked about peace and that that has just been one of the one of the things that you feel like has really been given to you and that you now walk in. And I just really think that peace is such a weapon. It's, it's a weapon. And, and, you know, if we can become intentional with being aware of what's going on, you know, up in our, in our minds, you know, if if we're starting to feel anxious about something and we're stewing about something and some, you know, and we know that we know when something just isn't right, you know, we're just, we're just irritable about something or we're, you know, and, and if we can kind of back up a little bit and trace that back, why, why am I not at peace here? Something, something triggered that something, you know, made me feel unsettled in my heart. And that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to be people, women of peace and live from that place, Mm. place of peace, not trying to earn it, not trying to achieve it, but from that place of peace that he has already given to us. Oh, love that now. So good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how is God using your story to speak into the lives of other women? Mm, Well, I, um, I think just the, you know, I, I do share my testimony not because I'm proud of anything I've done. I, I, I made the choice and I know that it was wrong, but I want to share about Jesus and everything that he's done. And so I, I do share my, my story. I have um, helped women be free from, from the um, heartbreak from abortion, because there is freedom, there's healing for everyone um, to receive from him. And also just um, inner healing and, and, you know, just shame and, and um, lots of, you know, whatever it may be that we walk through, because we all walk through different things and shame, you know, shame doesn't come up with a new story. It's, he's the same old, same old. And so, you know, it's, it's just helping women to be set free. And that's, you know, that's, that's my heart is to mentor and minister to women so that they can be set free and, and truly not have those things that separate them from the relationship with, with the Lord, because that fullness, you know, I mentioned earlier, John 10, 10 of the enemy's portion, but the Lord's portion of that is that he came to give us life, life till it overflows, you know, to the full. And I don't believe that we can have that. Um, and we're really not living from that place if there's things that we're keeping hidden in little boxes over shoved over in the corner. Um, you know, that overflowing life is, is to be received in every portion of our life and every area of our soul and every experience that we've walked through. So mm-hmm. that's my, that's my heart's desire. I'll share my story and, and the testimony of Jesus so women can be set free. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm just a firm believer that when the Lord begins to 
touch on those areas of our hearts that maybe we've tried to lock away, um, you know, behind a door somewhere that, um, you know, we could, Lord, we can talk about all these other things, but not that. If you're listening today and you're feeling like, oh, something, you know, is just kind of stirred up and and coming to your mind, something in Elle's story is maybe uh, resonating with you, just know that that God is a loving God. He, He only wants the best for you. And he's maybe not, you know, he, he's maybe bringing things up to you, bringing things to your mind. And, and it isn't to condemn you or to shame you. We've already established that he wants to set you free from it. He wants to set you free from it. Uh, so remember that as you, um, as you go through uh, your day and, and go through your week and really the rest of your life, that he is always wanting to set you free from anything that's holding you back from having that intimate relationship with him. So yeah. as we're wrapping up our conversation today, I, I'm just, you know, ever mindful of, of maybe a woman that might be listening today that is hurting that she's feeling hopeless that maybe she is you know just really been sensing that i have been living under the mantle of shame and she is aware of it she knows that it's there she's maybe would uh, albeit under her breath would maybe say i am a mask wearer i'm a professional where you know on the on the outside i look like i have it all together but on the inside, I'm hurting, I'm falling apart, I'm broken. Speak to her today. What would you say to her? Well, first I would, I just want her to know how much that the Lord loves her and sees her. I think sometimes just to know that he sees you in your pain and and that you're not alone because we can feel so alone in our pain. And so um, just to know that you're not alone and that if there is anyone that you could trust, if there's you know a trusted person, um, even ask the Lord, who can I trust with this? Because the first thing that can help us come out is you know from that from that darkness is to be able to share it with someone so that they can help us walk through, that they can pray with us. Even it might be a stranger, you know, it might even be like a prayer line. But but to be able to know that there there's hope, and that there's healing, and that that's that it can be so scary to, to think that you have to tell someone or think that you have to face it. I know for me, it's like, I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to face it. And so I had this imagine or idea about how God was going to help me through it. And that's a lie from the enemy that the torture that you're living in is worse than what you're going to go through to be healed. And there's healing on the other side. And so he, the enemy so wants you to think that, that it's going to be worse if you step out in healing because he wants you to be bound. But, but it's, it's not that way. And if the Lord is so loving, he was so loving to me. He just wanted me to love. He just wanted to love me in that place. And I, and I just want you to know that the Lord wants to love you in that place. And cry out to him. You know, if, if talking to someone is like, that's the last thing you would ever do, then begin to talk to him, take a, take a step of talking to him about that, even bringing it to mind so that you can begin to, to interact with him in that, in that place so that he can give you everything that he has. And, and I know that it's scary, but, but he loves you so much. And, it's not going to be as bad as the enemy wants you to think it is. Mm. Oh. And 
I just, you know, it's, it's the healing. I mean, you know, it's, I, I just, you know what I want to do, Susan, so bad is like, oh, just let me, let me hold you and we'll talk about it. Right. I mean, I just want to, I, and I know you have ways to reach out to, to you because I know Susan would love on you. It's just knowing that someone would love on you in the place that you're at to help you walk through, because sometimes we can feel so alone and the enemy wants to keep us so alone. And so if we can reach out to someone who truly would understand and help us experience Jesus in it, it's, it's so, it's so good. It, it's, it's just so good to get those, that, that physical arms and someone to walk alongside. So, yeah, just to, I pray that the Lord will bring someone to you. Yeah. We were created for community and, Mm -hmm. you know, James five tells us to, you know, share with one another so that you may be healed. There's, there's a reason why that's there. There's nothing in scripture by coincidence. Um, And, and I would, I would encourage you, anyone that's listening and feeling like this is um, resonating with you, you know, to like do what Elle said and, and pray about who that trusted person would be that would offer you a safe place, a judgment-free zone that would be, you know, just willing to hold, again, a safe place for you, hold your heart to the tenderness of your heart and begin to come alongside you to walk with you through that. Because that's, that's what God has called us to do is to you know, we can't fix people. God hasn't called us to be, you know, the fixers. He's the healer. He's the redeemer. Um, but he did, he did call us to carry um, one another's burdens and to walk alongside and um, just know that God never created you to have to walk through this alone. And you are not alone. The Lord is with you. He is, you know, Ella's talked a lot about this this episode about the the love of the father i i just want to encourage you that you know maybe you've had someone that has told you how much they loved you and and they changed their mind about you and maybe they walked out on you you know because they decided they didn't know they no longer loved you i just want you to know today and i think el would echo this that god's love for you is loyal and he will never walk out on you, that he is with you in the in the deepest valley, the darkest hour, he is with you. So Elle, where can, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? And I'll put this in the show notes too, but. Okay, well, um, I have a website and it's L Unlimited, E-L-L-E Unlimited.com. And they can find out more about me and um, connect with me on, on that. My email would be L at L unlimited, but yes, um, that would be great. Okay. And you um, mentioned earlier that you are an author. Would they be able to find those books on your website? Um, The books are on my website and they're also on Amazon. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today, L. It's been so great to have you. Thank you for being willing to share your journey with us and what the Lord has done in you. Uh, It's just a, it's such an encouraging story. And like I said earlier, it just really spurs us on in our faith and knowing that um, what God has done for you, he will do for us too. There's, he's no respecter of persons. Yes. I say that all the time. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Susan. Thank you um, just for this opportunity to be able to share um, my experience of Jesus. Mm, Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. Be sure to 
connect with Elle if there if you have any other questions or you want to hear more of her story, if there was something that just really uh, resonated with you and you want to hear more about, I'm sure that she would love to connect with you. And, and again, just scroll down in the show notes and her contact information will be there for you. Just know, I want to leave you with this, that you are loved right now, perfectly right where you are. God could never love you any more than he loves you right now. He loves you wholly and perfectly and fully right now at this very moment. You are seen you are heard, you're fully known, and God is for you. He's not against you. And I speak for Elle. We believe in you. We're believing for you. And may you just know how loved you are. Thank you again for joining us this week. Stay well, and I'll catch you next time. Well, I hope that that was a blessing in your life. I'd love to hear what you walked away with from this week's episode. Drop a comment and let me know. I read and respond to each and every one of them, and I would love to hear from you. We all know people who could use some encouragement, especially nowadays, right? If you felt this episode was a blessing to you, would you share it with the people in your life? Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode because a new one drops each and every Wednesday. And would you be willing to leave a review and maybe even a few stars? It not only fills my heart and means so much to me, but it helps women find the podcast and be encouraged too. Have a fabulous week and I will connect with you right back here next week.